always, always remember. I tell you, like what we're talking about this second ago, you really appreciate prayer a lot when you're the one that's in the middle of it. You really do. You know, you, uh, I, I just preach for myself. You stand to preach, and, and I appreciate prayer. I appreciate that. That brings forth wisdom uh, during the message a whole lot of times. Maybe when there's something of opposition, it's a fighting you. You get the people of God to pray and you're getting underneath the message and, and, and getting themselves to where they can pray for you, and it means a lot. I felt it when, when it felt like you go in there and everybody was against you. Uh, uh, had, had one of the hardest times I ever stood, not long after I announced my call to preach, just to be honest with you. And I left the pulpit and told my wife I wasn't called to preach. And uh, I went. Went, was going to leave there and I was ready to go back to the session and tell them that I've missed it, I was wrong. And, but it's the first time I ever felt opposition from behind the pulpit, just to be honest with you. Every other time, I, uh, the churches I preached at, they was full liberty. At, at the home church, is full liberty. And uh, went into a church where, where it just felt like when it came out of my mouth, it fell on the floor right in front of the pulpit. And I couldn't, it knows me. I don't generally ain't able to stand too still at, at times, and and uh, I couldn't get out behind that skinny little pulpit that whole time I preached that 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 day. And uh, but but like I say, you you'll feel things, and and they will drag you down sometimes. But we just got to keep trusting in the Lord. Don't don't get her. That's why He told Jeremiah. And he told the others there not to take thought to nobody's faces, not to take no thought to those things. Just just to preach the word. Just tell the truth and then go on, and that's all you can do. Uh, I, I, I'm always been thankful for this, and I appreciate the Lord for my wife. I'll testify just a little before I get into the message. Uh, after I was telling her I, was, I, I wasn't called to preach, uh, she looked at me real stern. She said, "She said, well, did God lay something on your heart?" And I said, "Yeah." She said, "Did you get it out?" I said, "Yeah, I got out of everything He had on my heart." She said, "What's the problem?" So you didn't feel like you thought you should? And I thought about that. And, and uh, I thought of a many a time on that. It's not about the messenger. It's about the message. It ain't about how I feel. It ain't about how you make me feel. You pat me on the back all day long. That don't mean you're back in the preaching. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but it's about that message. It's about that that God lays on your heart. You know, we, we've seen it in Jonah, you know, he... He went down there and preached the message and got mad because they did hear him. You know what I mean? And, and he's worried about the messenger, you know. And we, we see it a lot of times. Elijah got that way. When when Jezebel sent out action, you know, he, he's done. He's scared. And, but that's just the human side of, 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 of the man who we are and the women who we are. When you, you try to do something and something you feel opposition, you just, we're ready to back off. But but I'm thankful, you know, when, when God gives you something, just put it out there. Leave it, and trust it, and leave it in his hand. But I don't know that that's got a thing to do with what the Lord's laid on my heart tonight. I just felt like saying it. Uh, but I appreciate the Lord. I got some scripture. Uh, I think I'm going to uh, start reading over here in the book of Acts in the, the eighth chapter. And... This is real familiar, and it just it, it goes right back to, to a, a lot of times. I don't care how long I guess a man's ever preached, you, uh, uh, in accordance to time wise and in years. I think we all 
truly that try to find the will of God maybe a lot of times struggle with some of the same things. And, and as I was praying over scriptures, and I, it seemed like this week as I was reading different scriptures, it seemed uh, some of those scriptures are some things that stood out to me and, and felt like maybe that's some things we were going to get into tonight. And as I kept praying over them and thinking on them, the Lord just kept bringing this particular scripture to my heart that I hadn't even really read. I've preached from it no doubt several times, and you just probably read it and heard it many times. And, and in my mind, Mark, I, I mean, I'm, I'm human. I thought, I thought, Lord, I've preached that, and, and they've heard that, and they've read that, and, and I'm just being transparent with you tonight. That's what I kept thinking. So I kept trying to go back to them other scriptures. And the Lord kept bringing me right back here. And when I, when I finally listened and went back to start reading this, the way the Lord led me and brought out some things in this, I just pray I can bring them out tonight. The way He gives them to me. And, 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 and we just need to a lot of times quit fighting and just listen to it. But, but I want to read here in this, in this eighth chapter of, of, of Acts. Uh, and probably about the 26th uh, verse. Well, let me, let me back up. Let me back up just a little bit. I may want to read the 12th verse over here and then I'll get on over into that. But in the 12th verse, he says, but uh, this is, just read the rest of this at some point here. I may have quite a bit of reading I do tonight, and I'm not going to read all of this above, but but in its 12th verse, he said, And when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. And, and, and then I want to skip on over to the 26th verse. It said, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia and eunuch, of great authority under Candace, queen of, Ethi- of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot and, and in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and joined thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scriptures which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a dumb and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee. Of whom speaketh 
that of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture to preach unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And, and they went down both, in, both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And they were come up out of the water. When, and when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus and passed through. He preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. And, 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 and wanted to, wanted, I know it's a lot of reading, but I wanted to read through that. I got to thinking on these scriptures, and as the Lord kept uh, opening them up to me there, I, I kept thinking a little bit in this of, 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 of this eunuch and of Philip, and how that this eunuch was, was in need. He was at a point in his life where the scriptures were starting to bother him a little bit. He was at a point in his life where he had read these scriptures and it was beginning to bother him. And, and, and so the Lord sent Philip down that way. And as he come in contact with this, with this man, uh, the, the Bible said there, it said, And the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself, join thyself to, his, to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand thou what thou readest. Now, now listen. And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Now I've got to thinking just a little bit right there on that. As, 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 as Philip, uh, the Lord told Philip, so, so Philip was in contact with God, was he not? Philip was in a place in his life to where God could send him to do some things. And, 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 and by being in, in, in that place, God sent him. And you think about our lives as Christians, and, 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 and I, 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 I'd, I'd say that any one of us in here wouldn't say that we want to see somebody saved. Wouldn't say that we'd love to see the whole world saved. I mean, as Christians, if you don't feel that way, you ain't a Christian. I'll just be honest with you. If that's not your heart wanting to see the whole world have what you've got, then you ain't a Christian. That's what we are with Christ's life. And what did he do? He came to save sinners. So I believe that was Philip's heart. Bobby, I believe he wanted the, the gospel to be spread to him. I believe he wanted to do God's will. So, so God used him. God sent him down that way. And, 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 and here he comes upon a man that was hungry on the scriptures, reading these scriptures. And when he came by that man, the Bible said, the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. I got to wonder, Linda, when's the last time the Spirit spoke to you and told you to go near unto somebody? 
When's the last time that we've been in a place where God said, go somewhere. And when we started going the way God said, He said, go near unto somebody and join yourself to their care. Where they're at, you go near unto them. If, if our goal is to see salvation as Christians, as we say it is, then we want our lives to be where God can use us. And if God can use us, I can tell you this much, He's going to be sending you in the way of sin. He's going to be letting us pass by people. And he's to, the Spirit's going to get to stirring up in you. You're going to walk somebody, somebody up there on the job one day you don't even know, you've never spoke to more. And the Lord, the Spirit of God down in your soul, is going to say, go near to him. You ever done that? You ever been off somewhere? I'll be totally honest, and this is not being boastful. I'm just telling you experience. I've stood in the gas pump before, and somebody on the other side of the gas pump, the Lord say, tell them about me. Ever done that? Ever went to the grocery store, and that little fella buying you groceries, and the Lord just says, tell them Jesus loves them. Those times when the Lord says, go near. Go near and join yourself to that person. He didn't know that, did he? But when he went near to him, he heard that this man was a desiring to understand some things. When God's Spirit draws you near unto somebody, there's a reason for it. When God's Spirit goes working in your life, Mike, and he, and he starts pulling you near to somebody, and the whole time you're thinking, well, I don't even know that person. God's doing the work. God's drawing you near. And you just follow that because, because Philip, he understood the Spirit of God. And if we're walking with God, we'll understand it. And we'll realize there's a, there's a moment in time that God is getting ready to work in somebody's heart. And if we want to see souls saved, that ought to be our desire from the time we wake up in the morning until we go to bed at night. That Lord, while I'm drawing breath, use me for your glory. Pass me by somebody's way that's a pondering on the Scriptures, that's a wonder, that's a, that's a trying to figure it out. As God led Philip by this man's way, he heard him reading the Scriptures out of Isaiah over there. And I'm, I'm getting around to the, the, the greatest parts of this right here. And, and the most critical things for our lives. As he come by that man's way, he heard him reading these scriptures. And, and, and he asked, if you understand what you read, how can I accept some man guide me? He was needing some guidance, wasn't he? What is guidance? It's just direction. It's leadership and, a, and, and, and where you need to be going. This, this man was wanting some direction in what he was reading. And, and, and the Bible said there, he said, except some man should guide me. And listen, and he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. When's the last time? This ought to be something that can be brought back to our mind. When's the last time somebody desired you to come sit with Now I'm talking spiritual. I'm talking the last time that somebody desired you to come sit with them, to guide them, to direct their path in the scriptures to understanding what God was 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 speaking about. He said, Who's he speaking of? Himself or another? 
desiring for you to come up and spend some time with them. To sit down and give them some understanding and some guidance in their life. And you know what? I hear this a whole lot of times and I ain't going to say this in a mean way, but a lot of times it frustrates me. I get frustrated. You get around people that's been saved for 30 years. I just can't talk to people. I just don't know what to say. And I understand. We've all got different natures about us. I'm allowed my, I know I call, and, and, and you might think, well, at times it's easy for him just to go up and talk to anybody. That's just the way he is. But I'm going to tell you, when it comes to, to scriptural things and a lot of this, a lot of times I'm just back with you all. There's times that I'll go to question, and are they going to take me down a road that, that I really don't want to get into all of these other things because they're so confusing. And I don't want to lead this person down the wrong path and get on some, something that's going to cause them to go to question and all this other stuff when it don't need to be brought up. I get there too, just like you do. You ever wonder if I mention Jesus to them or they're going to start asking me questions that I don't know the answer to? All I need to do is be honest about it. But if we'll just follow that spirit, I'm going to tell you something about it. Try the Spirit. See if they be of God. When the Lord leads you, when God directs you, He's going to put you in the path of somebody that's leading what you got. And when that moment happens, this man was wanting to know what, what, what he was meaning, what was being spoken of right here. And I'm going to back up over to, to just exactly, I'm going to give you tonight. I'm going to teach you how to win souls. So good, preacher. You're going to take us down the Roman road. You're going to teach me what to say when I get around people. And I'm going to tell you, these, these churches that does that, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. I ain't going to give you all these different things that you need to do and, and however many steps to win the soul to Jesus. I'm just going to give you one step. Just one step. I want you to see how this started out. This was Philip. We can go back and we can go through a lot of other different men of God and people of God. But did, what I read during that 12th verse, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Now you go on over here. And you listen to what Philip preached to him in the 35th verse done to this union. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. You want to know how to talk to the lost man? Tell him about Jesus. 
Don't get into all your theological beliefs and all your doctrinal uh, uh, places that you're all just a gung-ho about showing people your knowledge about. Just tell them about Jesus. You know what saves souls? The name of Jesus. Now understand, understand these things here tonight. This is not as complicated as everybody in this world makes it out to be. Or I won't say everybody in this world. I'll say a whole lot of uh, church people makes it so complicated. What is, what is our desire, church? Since I've been saved, Conley, you want to know what I've wanted? Other people to be saved. That's all I've wanted. I'm honest with you. And I'm not kind of saying like some self-righteous stuff. I fail more than anybody know that. But I'm just telling you, when I got saved, the first thing, Mark, I wanted to do was get back to school where I could tell my buddies. You've got to know Jesus because I ain't going to like this in my life. And I tried my best, Cheryl, just to preach Jesus. Just preach Jesus. There's nothing else needed to win souls to, to, to salvation. To be brought up out of their destruction, out of their path that they're headed on. This man needed somebody to guide him. He needed somebody to guide him. You don't think the church has got a purpose or a need in this life? You don't think our prayers matter? You're wrong. Do you not think Philip has been on his knees at the house praying, Lord Jesus, use my life. Lord, place me in the path. Right up to the time my papa Ross died, the man I'd go over and I'd say, have you got to preach lately? No, but I've been praying that the Lord would open doors. I'm talking about up in his 90s, Conley Freeman. The man was still praying that the Lord would open doors. From a hospital bed, still preaching Jesus. I can name you more. I visited Harold Cable and with dementia overtaking his whole brain. The man was still over there and he was preaching Jesus. That desire went further than just an old carnal mind. It comes from the depths of his soul. Boy, Lord, just keep ahead for me. This gets, this goes this goes a long way through this thought right here. We gotta just preach Jesus and not get off into anything else. We could well. Turn back over to the fifth chapter of Acts. I want us to see. What preaching Jesus will do. I'll get on over into some other stuff. We've got to, we've got to examine our lives. See where we're at. But, but I'm just going to start maybe about the 27th uh, verse there. And like I say, read all this when you've got time. He says, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood 
upon us. Now understand something, the doctrine they was preaching right there. What did he say? He said, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. What was their doctrine? It was all the name of Jesus, wasn't it? Everything that they taught was in His name. It said, and intended to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. See, they wasn't changing their gospel for nobody. They said, you're trying to put his blood on us. Did he change his gospel? He said, no. He said, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. He didn't back up, did he? Stayed right what he was preaching, Jesus. And that they had, that they had crucified him. That's what the world needs to see today, Conley. The lost man needs to see you crucified Jesus. Your sins nailed him to that cross. Your sins is the very reason he had to be sacrificed. That's the gospel we got to preach. Man's got to see himself lost. He's got to see himself guilty before he'll ever be saved. It said, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior. For to give repentance to Israel and to forgive the forg- and forgiveness of sin. And we are His witness of these things. And so also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to, to them that obey Him. When they heard that, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. You want to know what the Word of God will start doing? It'll start cutting you. It'll start slaying you. It'll start. And what have they done other than preach the name of Jesus? Did they start dissecting doctrines? Did they start getting into all the theological ends of things? No, they didn't. They was preaching Jesus. You know what got the prick in the hearts of them people? Jesus. That name, Jesus. The salvation that came through His sacrifice is, is, is what started pricking them in His heart. What do you think about the preaching of Ethiopian? Is he speaking of himself or another? He was starting to wonder about this man named Jesus. He was starting to wonder about the prophet that had prophesied of this man Jesus. And at the time he didn't know who Jesus was. All he knows is that Isaiah was preaching about somebody or himself. So what, what, what made the difference in that eunuch's life? Here comes by a man of God filled with the Holy Ghost. What they say has made the difference. These men started teaching and preaching in the Holy Ghost. That spirit that drove Philip to that man was the same spirit. Hey, it was a filling with that Ethiopian's heart. Hey, that same spirit of Christ. When Philip got to preaching and got to preaching Jesus unto him is what brought him down to a place of repentance in his life. Not Philip's old doctrinal places. He stood not in places. But the Spirit of God and the preaching of Jesus Christ will tear this world all to pieces. <laughs> I'm getting ready to get in this morning. It is. Let me keep a reading on over here. You can just hang with me. 
Then stood there up one of the council, a Pharisee. Now let me back up. Maybe that's, well, a 30, 33rd. Maybe I done read that. When they heard that they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them, then stood there up one of the council, one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space, and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these, these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a, a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up, Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And how and now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or the work be of men... It will come to naught. But, but if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against it, against God. And to him they agreed, and when they had, had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, let me, get on, let me go on down into this. I'll just read on the rest of it. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and, and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They didn't stop them, Conley. And I'm going to tell you something. All these other men died... And their gospel died with them. All these other men died and their followings just died out right behind them. But you want me to tell you something about the name of Jesus? They love they won't go along with him. That, that, that just, just somebody that died and went to a grave. He rose again and that Holy Spirit, hey, it came to abide in the hearts of his children. That Holy Ghost came down and it set upon the people of God and it put a desire in us. Mark, I can't quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going with the Word of God. Hey, why? Because there's a desire in my life. Hey, if they beat me, scourge me, threaten me, that I can't mention the name of Jesus, hey, they still drive that's going to keep that coming out of my mouth. Hey, you can't beat it out of them. Philip was part of these men right here that had faced scourges and beatings for the name of Jesus, and he's still when God said arise and go on down there. And he come upon that Ethiopian unit, he couldn't keep his mouth quiet. They said with his mouth, he started writing the scriptures in Isaiah, and he preached Jesus. You can't kill this out. They cut John the Baptist's head off over there and it's still getting preached. 
They still Paul. It's still getting free. They killed Peter. They killed every one of these apostles that I'm going to talk to you about. They beat, sent them off on the island, tortured them, done everything in the world. But you know what they kept doing? Preaching Jesus. You want to know why so many were saved under the preaching of these men? They wasn't scared to preach Jesus. They wasn't taking paths down any other road. They wasn't getting hung up in any other gospel. They was preaching Jesus. All the rest of them that followed these other men were scattered and it, and it brought it to naught. It said, but daily and daily in the temple and, and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. I want to get back around to something. We've got some plenty of excuses in this I don't know my Bible as well as I should. How many times have you ever said that or heard that? I need to know it more. I need to understand more. And I need to be able. And yada, yada, yada. I could go on and on and on. There's all kinds of excuses we've got. Of why we don't witness. Why we don't talk to people. But I told you now. We were to be able to remember a time. Do you think this is the only encounter Philip ever had? Well, I know. I took you back and I read you one other one. And you can find many more. They kept on, Mark, going into every house and every church. And they preached and called Jesus. And they, this, this Ethiopian eunuch, I can guarantee you and tell you, that's not the only one that Philip ever guided to the Lord. That was ever able to help direct the path towards the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Take ourselves right back to, to where we're sitting tonight. And you go over in your life, and I go over in my life, and let's see the lifetime that God's Spirit got to dealing with us, and it drawed us towards somebody, and we opened our mouth, and we went to preaching Jesus unto them. And they desired to hear us and be with us. We would be able to call that moment up. I just don't know what to say, preacher. You ought to be ashamed. You ought to be ashamed. I ain't going to make you get mean. I ain't getting mean. I'm just telling you. You ought to be ashamed. You ain't got a testimony. And you ain't got a desire to see somebody say, You ought to be ashamed. All of us are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is the power of God and the salvation. If you want your people to have salvation, then you want to have the power of the gospel. You want not to be ashamed of it. But how do we sit here tonight? As we examine our lives, as we get to questioning where we stand with God, how ashamed are we? I'm going to read to you something over here out of, out of 2 Timothy. You just bear with me. I know this is familiar. I'm going to back up maybe a little further. Maybe I'm going to just start maybe in the 11th verse and read on down. And I want you to understand something. He, he talked about over there, over there in, uh, in, uh, 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 I just 
just leave it where I don't quote it really. He said, but if it, in, uh, back over in the fifth chapter of Acts, 39th verse, but if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. He told them they better not be found fighting it, but they wasn't going to overthrow it. If it's of God, you ain't going to overthrow it. In other words, you ain't going to destroy it. You ain't going to disperse it. You ain't going to hurt it. You better be careful what you'll be found doing. Now, I want you to listen over here. He said in the, in the, in the second chapter, second Timothy, in the 11th verse, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we believe not, yet He abideth faithful. He cannot deny Himself. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Now He's speaking to the people, to the church. He's speaking to the church. And what did He tell them to do right here? He said... To strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. You know what that word subverting means? Overthrow. That's what that word means. To overthrow. In other words, we need to be about overthrowing people's lives. Destroying what they've got built up. You know what happened in that Ethiopian eunuch's life right there that day? You know what happened to the child of God's life? When somebody preaches Jesus, they preach the love of God, they preach about the salvation of God, it overthrows us. It destroys everything about us. It shows me I'm not able. It shows me I'm not worthy. It shows me that I'm a sinner on my way to hell. Now you can't overthrow the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't destroy that. He told them, he said, we better not be found trying to overthrow this. Trying to destroy this. Because if it's of God, they, you're going to face some bad consequences over that now. But what the Christian supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be going through this world trying to subvert people. The hearers, them that will hear the gospel, we need to be trying to just tear their little lives up. What, what I got to do, preacher, just get on about the adultery, get on about the fornication. What I need to do, get on about the drinking, get on about the drugs, get on about all this stuff they're doing. Preach Jesus. Yeah. You'll be telling you what Jesus will do. He'll tire up the adultery, he'll tire up the fornication, he'll tire up your drinking, he'll tire up your drugs. Jesus. Because when you get to looking at that life right there, it'll, it'll, it'll go against everything that this old flesh wants to do. And it'll subvert our old carnal mind. It'll subvert the very things that we want to follow in this flesh. It'll tear it all to pieces. Praise God, I still don't know how I can testify how I can do this. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I guess you know what study means. But that means, the definition of it is literally 
a setting of the mind or thought upon a subject, an endeavor diligently to understand something. When's the last time we sought Jesus diligently? When's the last time we got ourselves in a place where we was like Philip and we was in a position where God could speak to us because we'd been studying. We wasn't ashamed to speak to somebody. We wasn't ashamed to tell somebody about Jesus. That the Word of God had tore all, everything about us up and subverted and overthrown our life enough to work. We realized, hey, there's something that can't get overthrown and it's the name of Jesus. When's the last time we've been at that place in our life like Philip was that we had studied enough that we had, as, as, that, as that definition said, literally a setting of the mind or thoughts upon a subject and endeavor diligently after him. He says the rewarder of them diligently seeking it over in Hebrews. When's the last time that, that we literally got our life to where we wanted to know when our minds and our thoughts set upon Jesus? To study Him. To meditate on Him. To have our lives right where Phillips was when the Lord said, Arise. He sent down that way. And He sent Him in the path of a man. And when the Spirit got the virus witness on Him, that Spirit got to draw Him towards that man. That Spirit got to deal with you, Barbara. And it says you need to join yourself under that man right there. Hey, there's something going on. There's something dealing down in his life. You need to join up with him. When's the last time we studied and had our minds set upon Jesus and that's what we could do that in our life? That's a serious question. That's a serious question. Are you getting away with somebody getting saved? Are you just God? You can help direct their lives, or you can be a stumbling block. How many ready you need a little bit more of this? Jesus is not a stumbling block, everybody. I mean, He's not. When it comes to trying to overthrow your flesh and do away with all the things of this world and get to a path and get your hopes set on things that are far beyond this world, Jesus Christ is not a stumbling block. He's the way. He's the way. And you know what? The way is so plain, even no way for a man, though a fool cannot err therein. He won't err therein. So you know what that means, brother? He's going to trip up on nothing. He knows a fool. This way is so clear and so plain. The name of Jesus is so clear, so plain. Even though you have a lamp hold, you better not fight against this because it's God. You don't want to be found there. And if it's not of God, it'll get overthrown just like the rest of them. I'm going to tell you something that ain't never got overthrown and it never will. But we better be in this way, walking it. We better be studying in this way. That we can help lead others and guide others, Mark. Our life should be a guide. People, there ought to be something that people's got a problem in their life and they're struggling and, 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 and dealing and wondering what does God want me to do? Where do I go with this? Then our life ought to be drawn to theirs and, 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 and they ought to be drawn to us because they're looking for hope and we got it. That Ethiopian eunuch was looking for hope. 
He was looking for help. And God sent a man by his way, Sandy, that had what he needed. As the Lord set the example, he, he must needs go through Samaria. He knew this lady down there needed him. He knew this lady down there, I believe, was walking. You don't get to the past. You don't get to the past, don't you? You know what we like to do, Steve? We have to be studying with you. You know what we're not ashamed of? Not ashamed of the gospel, right? But so bold in it that you can't beat it out of the night. So studied in it, do you? That you can't scourge it out of me. That you can't stop me. That every house I go in, every church I go in, I'm still going to teach and I'm still going to preach Jesus. That's how unashamedly we ought to be Christians. I'm not talking about the judge himself right to first, but he said beware of journalism. I'm talking about a born again child of God that knows the salvation of Jesus can touch all souls no matter where they're at in their life. And he can bring them up out of where they're at. And that God will send us on a path that's going to cross theirs one day. You ever pray that? Lord, you help me to get one life to just touch one life. I come home ashamed the whole lot of times, Bobby, because I feel like I, I've not touched a lot in my daily walk. If you got in my house, I would have at least one. If, if possible, more. But at least one. And not be ashamed in front of everyone. To have my life studied in Him. Literally have my mind and my thoughts on and endeavor, endeavor to have him. And listen to this. But shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymenius and Philetus. Now I want you to understand something. Lord, give us an example of two right here that stepped out of the path of preaching Jesus. And you know what they got into? Doctrine. You know what they got into? What they believed. They got past preaching Jesus they quit preaching Jesus. They quit being like Philip and being led of the Spirit. These two right here, Julius, they got in their own thoughts and what they got to thinking about things. And they got led on their own path. They got away from where God was sending them and they started trying to walk where they wanted to walk. You know what they, what they left doing, Mike? Subverting the sinner. Subverting the hearers. They got, they got away from overthrowing people's lives by the name of Jesus and got into trying to preach doctrine. 
got into trying to preach what they thought and what they believed instead of having their hearts and their minds focused on one name. They got focused on their names and on their beliefs. Now listen to this. And their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymenius and Philetus who concerning the truth have erred saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Now do you understand that? They went, this, this Hymenius, and if I'm saying their names right, Hymenius and Philetus, they went from subverting, from overthrowing the sinful lives of the hearers to overthrowing the faith of some. They left preaching Jesus and got the preaching doctrine that they believed that the resurrection had already come. So, preacher, that's just nuts. Maybe it is, but you know what these men believe? And you know what they quit doing? They quit preaching the gospel of Jesus and started preaching the gospel of Hymenius and, and Philetus. And I'm telling you, it's going on throughout our nation today. We've left preaching Jesus. You want to know why that, 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 that we're in a time where there's a famine for the hearing? Because there ain't no preaching going on. There ain't nobody preaching the truth. They're not preaching Jesus no more. We're preaching what we think. We're preaching what we believe. And you know what's happening? These churches splitting down the middle. There's faith getting overthrown because these people that won't turn from their own prideful ways. Bunch of Hymenius's and Philippians. It's overthrowing the faith, Cheryl, of people. It's tearing them down. Just preach Jesus. Just stand on His name. What is stood? What 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 takes and what overthrows the name of Jesus? What can't be overthrown? The name of Jesus. You know what can happen with your doctrines? Shandy, you might believe something I don't. But I'm going to tell you where we better come to agreement on that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was the Son of God and He was the only sacrifice that would appease the sin of man. I don't care if you're pre-millennial, post-millennial, all-millennial, or whatever you are. That ain't your gospel. That ain't your gospel. I don't care if you're free will, Methodist, Catholic, or Baptist. Hey, that ain't your gospel. It better be Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, I don't agree with all of these things. But you want to know what I'm going to preach? Jesus. There's some places that, as an established missionary Baptist church that I won't stand on with this church. I'm going to back it up with Scripture and I'm going to stay in the Gospel with it. But you want to know what I need to be preaching to the lost man? Jesus. You know what needs to be getting taught by this deacon and by this preacher to this church? Doctrine. We've got to train us up. We've got to have some established structure in this church. I just went through our articles of faith. Don't think I don't believe in doctrine. But I'm going to tell you what needs to get preached to the lost man. 
Jesus. You don't say that if you go to the a man that believed in Jesus, a man that was willing to follow the Spirit, and a man that was willing to go down there and preach Jesus. What's going to say about people in the same gospel? You want to know what a division's going through our land today? What the devil's using to overthrow the faith of some doctrines? Bunch of junk. Bunch of junk. Listen to this. Nevertheless, <laughs> boy, I love this. I'm going to back up and read that. He said, 18th verse again, Who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His, and let every one that nameth the name of Jesus of Christ depart from iniquity. You want to know what stands sure and what is an, a, a, is a foundation that don't never fail? Hey, it ain't your doctrine whether you believe the resurrection is to come or whether you believe it's the past. It ain't your doctrine. It's Jesus. That's the foundation of the church of the living God. Salvation. I'm one name, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> <clears throat> not what you believe, not what I believe. But the truth, according to the name of Jesus Christ, who came to save sinners. That foundation is sure. All these other things will get overthrown. All these other things can get destroyed. All these other things we need to sit down and nitpick and argue and fuss and I'm not your home. All these other things you can sit down and argue. If you try to argue with Jesus, they ain't no argument. He's Jesus. He came. He walked in this life in a flesh like me and you. Sinless. Never, never sinned one time. Tempted as a devil. Hey, walk through this life healing and and, and giving the blind sight and the lame legs to walk on. Hey, the deaf getting their hearing back. He come and he's came to save sinners. Hey, and I'm going to tell you what, you can't overthrow that. Galileo knew there's something about that name. I'm going to tell you, even them Pharisees knew there's something about it. Or they wouldn't want it to try to turn it up. Turn it up. And tear it up. You know what they wanted to do? They won't go overthrow it. You know what? They couldn't. And I'm going to tell you what, half of junk going through this world today can't overthrow it. It can't tear it up. It can't destroy it. But I can get my old phone mine and I can overthrow somebody's faith. I can stand in the way of a sinner that's needing salvation. I can become a stumbling block. And boy, the devil, he knows right where to find a place to work on people, don't he? He gets in our old carnal minds. He gets to play around what we think. If our world's in shape of sin today, Mike, people believe in the cat, people believe in the dogs, 
people believing that they're, they're men when they're women, people believing they're women when they're men. Hey, you want to know why? Because they're trying their best, thank you, Jesus. They're trying their best to overthrow the gospel of Jesus. You mention his name and people get so mad. Oh, why? Because it subverts them. It overthrows them. It destroys them. They want to be like that old week, you don't need. And they'll get to question and get to wonder about that word because they hurt somewhere one time. Me and you, where we need to be, maybe God said that's by their way. That's still their way. Their way, you just get up in that chair and right there with them. And you know what? When the spirits are working on your side, it'll be working on their side. You know what that Ethiopian unit did? He desired him. He desired him. He wanted so bad to guide him. You think these youngins that are walking around so confused nowadays ain't looking for some kind of guidance? Yes, they are. What's the guidance? His name's Jesus. He'll move in on the inside and he'll clean them up. They so will. He'll subvert if they're willing to hear. He'll subvert and destroy and tire up everything they think's true. And he'll come in and he'll show them, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Oh, listen to this. This is wonderful. Not because I'm the preacher, but just because it's God's Word. He's the preacher. He says, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of, and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. In other words, the things that was just preached here to them, if you purge yourself from these doctrinal things that's getting that's getting preached by these men here, by Hymenius and Philetus, Philetus, right there. Don't get into those things right there. He said, purge yourself. You get them things out of your life. He said, he said, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the Master's use. Okay? And prepared unto every good work. Ain't that where Philip was? He purged himself from anything else. And you know what he preached unto people? Jesus Christ. He purged himself from all this other junk. He didn't get caught up in Hymenius and Philetus. And I'm going to tell you, we've got Hymenius and Philetus today. All through our land, our nation. I, I, I study it sometimes. I watch some of these things and listen to some of the doctrines of men. I'm talking about out on the jobs, on the TVs. You can listen to this bunch of mess that's going around our nation and our country today, and it ain't nothing but a bunch of Philetiuses and Hemoniuses. And you know what they're doing? They're overthrowing the thing. And so, this week through our little church, don't you think it's just Del Osteen? Don't you just think it's Kenneth Copeland? Don't you just think it's Oprah Winfrey? I'm just telling you. Hey, hey, some of this, it slips right into our little old church and overthrows the faith of some. 
and the devil sitting back and loving every minute of it. Loving every minute of it. I told you the other day, he said, the last of four, see them, who we may devour. And you know what? How many of us and believers did through their doctrine of not believing in the resurrection? You know what that was? That one little two. That old wolf got something in there. He started tired and he started living. You know how the wolf does, Carol? Doesn't sleep at 2 p.m. And he goes, I mean, he'll go to church. You ever seen the dog get a hold of something when it kills it? What does it start doing, Mark? Shaking it. You know what that does? It disorients that tummy. And then it's got a hold of it and it gets it all so tore up and don't know which way to go. And all it's trying to do is fight for its life. And the whole time that a wolf is asleep in its teeth in and it's a tearing it all to pieces. And before you know it, it's killed it. You want to know what's going through a lot of our churches today? That old ravenous wolf. And he's sinking his teeth in through doctrine. And he's a ripping our churches left and right. He's a shaking them up and down. People don't know which way to go. What's right, what's wrong. They don't know. But you want to know what we got to do? Study to show ourselves the truth. And you want me to tell you where the Word's going to bring you around to like Jesus. It preaches Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. We get in there and we get to see a whole lot of it done. Just put Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. And where you going? That's the example that was set before us. Even, I've said it many times, even Paul, as great an educated man as he was, and he sat under Gamaliel. That very man that told him, they better be careful. Paul sat under him. guidance and instruction in his word. He wrote this unto Timothy that I just read to you. Paul's got a structure in mind that God gave him for the church. Do you know when he when he was teaching the church, he was teaching the church. When he was preaching to the sinners, he's preaching to the sinners. And what was he preaching? Jesus. And what was happening? That son of here and that son of the Well, it is today. We better be careful what little roads we get drove down. I ain't up here to prove no points. I'm up here to prove Jesus. That's what God called me to do. He said to be instant in season and out of season. And preach the word. Preach the word. What is, what is the word? Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word, what? It came down, and it became flesh, and it dwelt among us. What's the Word? Jesus. Like you said, Jesus. He didn't tell me to preach nothing else. He told me to preach the Word. The Gospel. Can we tell you how you can tell when you get outside of the Word? You want to know what's going to lead you? 
What Paul said is this gospel was, it's the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first, also to the Greek. You want to know what's going to leave your pulpit when you leave the gospel of Jesus Christ? The power of God unto salvation. And then what does the Bible say now? If your gospel be hid, the kid to be in the slaughter. So what have you started doing? You started overthrowing the faith of some. You've started overthrowing people's faith, my God. That's dangerous ground. That's a scary place to stand in. Who are you talking about, preacher? I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't talking about nobody. But the Lord laid a message on my heart, and it goes out to whoever and whatever preaches anything besides Jesus. That's where it's going. I ain't seen it nowhere. I'm just preaching that's what I'm talking about. Why, preacher? Like six year old rows in the preaching thing because God laid it on my heart. And you want to know why? Because I want to see the salvation of your people, of your people, of your people, of your people, of yours and yours and yours and yours. And if I want to see salvation, and you want to see salvation, where do we got to get? To study, to show ourselves the truth. Getting our life buried in the Word, Jesus Christ. Getting our hearts in tune to where when God sends us some word, whether it be Walmart, whether it be a vacation to Gatlinburg, whether it be on your job tomorrow. And you go by and there's somebody that's struggling, just like that old Ethiopian unit. There's somebody that's been just a, just a mulling over and over and over, and the word of God come through, and it's subverted their life, it's overthrown and destroyed everything they thought. And they're wondering, who's speaking this to me? Is it the writer? Is it the preacher? Is it my fault? And then you come to them, and they desire for you to come up into their chariot for a little while, and you open your mouth, and you take off from the scriptures they've been reading, and you preach unto them. Jesus! And then in just a little minute, he'll say, have you believed? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Hey, that's what that old eunuch said. He said, here's some water. There's some surplus. What the hinder me from being baptized? And the next thing you know, you see that old sinner confessing Jesus Christ from their own mouth. You want to know what they're going to do? He may have went on back there to that queen of Ethiopia's there. He may have went back to her. He may have subverted her life. He may have tore up everything she thought. She went down there to worship, but I wonder if she did. Maybe he goes back and all the mother each building. He says, you know what I'm leaving over and I was you don't go over there and he don't start telling them all this other stuff. He says, I can leave over and I God sent a man by my life. I couldn't understand it. And he come by. And he preached Jesus unto me. And the next thing you know, there's another one that says, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That he died for my sins and resurrected. That I might be able to conquer death and hell and the grave through it by his name. You know what happens? 
it just starts snowballing and snowballing. If we get away from what we think, what we believe, and start preaching what Jesus says. You know what, God? He, 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 he won't divide the children of God. He won't. He won't divide. Because you know what the Spirit of the Lord will do? It unites. It brings together. He's not the author of confusion. You go to dividing things and tie them all up. I'm talking about church life. Not going anywhere. But you know what? He will come in and divide and separate and sinners' life. He'll come in and he'll subvert that here. He'll destroy everything in his life. And he'll show him there's no other way but Jesus. There's no other Savior but Jesus. There's no other Savior but Jesus. So we've got to be preaching. You want to get in results like Philip was a sin? People say, just keep preaching and teaching Jesus. Just keep telling the truth. Not your truth. Not my truth, but the truth. Yeah, I'll hit that while I'm right there too. We live in a time where you hear people all the time on TV. Well, she told her truth. Oh, boy. Guilt. Hymenius and Philippians, if you'll have it. He told his truth. You know what man you are? God said, let every man be a liar. Didn't he? His word's true. He's true. And every other man's a liar. So if you preach what you think and what you believe, then you're a liar. But you preach the truth. Jesus Christ. If Dean Rice be lifted up, no. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll go on you. You lift my name up, I don't care, sir. I love you. I believe you know I love you. But I'm going to tell you what, I don't want you lifting me up. I don't care if you slap my name all over this church building, get, get a bus out there and put the nice missionary Baptist church on it. You do them things right there, and I promise you, I'll come to and I'll wash everything you put on there off. If that's what it takes, that ain't what it's going to come. My name is not going to save anybody. My name is not going to do any good. There's a lot today we like to hear our name. I want to be the There's a lot today strutting around. And they like to be the Lord. Boy, that's my God. Oh, people love to hear that. You ever seen a preacher get to walking like an old rooster or something? Somebody gets talking about him. Hey, preachers. Oh, can't stand it. Can't stand it. Have them walk in the room and they just want everybody to turn around and stare at them. Can't stand it. I've seen it. I've been in the midst of it. I can't stand it. This right here. This book. Is all it needs to be lifted up and exalted. 
not a man's name, because what happened to Thaddeus, what happened to Judas of Galilee there, what happened when they died? The following died right behind me. You get a church to follow me, if I get a church to follow me, when I'm gone, what's going to happen to the church? If I'm your gospel and I'm your God, when I leave, what's going to happen to this church? This one died and this one started. If God lifts the burden of this church tomorrow, if God lifts the burden of this church off me tomorrow, you better stay right in here, you better keep thinking that me in Christ, and you better keep following God. I told my son, I'll tell you how straight I am about this. Why I'm going on that, I have no idea. But I want you to understand that. I told my son when he's going down back, I said, you're not joining Matthew Sands. You're not joining Brian Sands. And I love them men. And I think you know how highly I esteem them. As brethren. I said you're joining Jones Valley Missionary Baptist Church. When you enter into covenant. You're entering into covenant with that church. If them men. God calls them out somewhere. You've got obligations to that church. You've got obligations to uphold the gospel. There. Where God puts you. You join this church because of me. If anybody joins any other church because of just the pastor and not because of the gospel he's preaching, then you're wrong. And anybody that's a trying trying to run a church themselves, they're wrong. And trying to lead by themselves, they're wrong. Maybe that's just a little extra. But I'm just saying, we must say Jesus. Not being nice, not with Brian Shetty, not with, 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 with Hired, not with these others, not with all these others. Don't just, don't just go with me. You go with Jesus. You go with the gospel. That's what the Lord laid on my heart tonight. I thank the Lord for His Word. I thank Him for Him opening up a few things to me. I've truly, truly enjoyed what the Lord opened up and says showed to me out of this right here. And I promise you, this is not a mean message. It's not anything. This is where we've got to get, church, to see souls saved. We've got to get in the mindset that Philip had. When God says arise, he wait. When God says join yourself and carry it, what did he do? Him haul around, sit down, take a break, eat a snack. He had packed his good wife and packed him on the way. No, he didn't. What did the Bible say? He runs to him. He runs to him. Go back and read it. He runs to him. And when he did that, when God had working, that was an acceptable time in that man's life. That was his day of salvation. That was when the grace of God to bring salvation unto him was appearing unto him. That was his case, Solomon. And if Phil hadn't been where he needed to be, he would have been up to heaven. We've got to get our lives. We've got to study to show ourselves a proof and not be ashamed like when the Lord jerked you up at one o'clock in the morning and said, pray. Not be ashamed when the Lord sends you down there to somebody you don't know and says, just go tell them I love them. If we can't even stand up in a church view and tell our salvation story, how many people have been told outside of here? 
If I can't look back and remember your testimony, and I've been here almost ten years, how many other people are there? I want to be a friend. I'm going to be a friend. I'm going to be a friend. We want to see what people say. We're going to have to give ourselves a clue to go to the job and work it. And maybe it's not going to be the same. Right? We're dividing the words for You know what dividing? What I'm talking about? Let's get off the mouth of it. Divide what you think and preach what Jesus said. Rightly dividing. You know what that'll do? You know what that'll do when you're right with your life? You'll preach Jesus. You'll preach Jesus. You'll preach salvation through the blood of the only begotten Son of God. And then whosoever will. You're going to overthrow the faith. Hurt more than you're going to hurt. That's what you made on the heart. I love you. Anybody?